Welcome to Swapping Paint, the podcast that rubs doors with the cream of the crop in motorsport today. With your host, 18 times Australian champion, Dave Sarah. Today's guest currently competes for Corvette Racing in the IMSA series in the USA. Jordan Taylor's forged a career in motorsport, winning both Daytona and Le Mans, but also as a racing comedian due to his alter ego Rodney Sandstorm. We find out why Jordan still actively drives the cart to stay in shape, and how the different GT categories are to drive. We hope you enjoy the show. Jordan, how are you, buddy? Good, how are you? Yeah, mate, good, thanks. Hey, look, obviously, thanks very much for joining us on Swapping Paint. It's a little bit of a, a chat that I like to have with uh, with racing drivers from all across the world and just to hear about how they got through their journey. Obviously, I've been following your stuff for a, a couple of years and you're seriously a funny man. I don't know how you come up with some of that stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff. I don't, I don't, I kind of question it half the time as well. I think my whole family does. Right. Um, look, so you're racing in uh, the sports car championship in the USA for Corvette Racing. Uh, you're a winner of the 24 hour Daytona and also Le Mans in the GT category. How did you get involved in motorsport? Yeah, I think my, uh, my career is kind of unique. I grew up around racing. My dad drove um, as a career and now as a team owner. So I kind of grew up in the sport. So it was a little bit different to most um i'd say i had a lot of doors open probably easier than than most guys yep. uh, just because i was i was at the track when i was a kid meeting all these guys and sitting in debriefs with you know guys that I, I looked up to so uh for me i got into karting when i was nine or ten with my brother very low key you know we shared a go-kart each weekend um we'd race once a month maybe and then it kind of escalated once my dad stopped driving and he could kind of spend more time with us and then Cardi never went that well. Uh, we weren't very good in it. So thankfully, when we went to cars, um, we understood more, understood more of the dynamic and understood how the car worked a little bit better. And that seemed to go a little bit better when we got to Skip Barber Racing, uh, where we did our schooling. And then we were always sports car guys, so we jumped straight into sports car racing from there. That's pretty cool. So you were saying about your dad. He's a famous racing driver in his own right. He's won the 24-hour Daytona in 96 in 2005. did some research this morning. What's the sort of pressure that's put on you from, uh, obviously, your dad being a famous racing car driver? How does that uh, work for you and your brother? Yeah, I mean, it's good and bad for sure. I think uh, getting into it, it made it easier. I mean, obviously, like all the doors were, were open a lot easier than most guys get. Uh, we were able to meet all the top guys that we needed to meet, you know, going up the ladder. Uh, I'd say the negatives were obviously people saying, you know, you're only there because of your name and, yep. and who your dad is. And Ricky and I, you know, at the beginning of our careers, for sure, we didn't want to drive for him. We didn't want that label of, you know, he's just driving for his dad and he couldn't get a drive on his own. So yes. I went kind of on my own in GT racing. Um, and then Ricky went, uh, he went prototype racing before I did, but kind of went to my dad's team early on, but had big success there. Yep. And I kind of wanted to do my own thing and kind of prove myself, you could say, on my own before going there. And I, I had some success in GT racing and I went to my dad's team and teamed up with my brother and we had a lot of success there together which was really cool still the best memories i'll i'll probably ever have in racing um amazing so yeah i i mean it, it's been good and you know having my dad as as a mentor as like not just a driver um but as a team owner you know you, you you get a lot of good insight from him now obviously with some of those rivalries that you would have had with your brother growing up how did that competitive spirit obviously help you guys out for uh, for your journey 
Yeah, it was good. I mean, we, we weren't the most unique brothers or the most competitive brothers like okay. like most brothers are. Yeah. Um, I, I'd say we were pretty unique where we didn't want to compete with each other that much and go-karts. You was always one class above me. Okay. And then when we went car racing, you know, I was a GT guy and he was a prototype guy. So everyone loves to compare brothers and teammates. And we kind of wanted to avoid that, especially at the beginning of our careers. Because if, if one's clearly better at the beginning, you know, one's just never going to make a career out of it. So yes. we didn't want that to be a possibility um so we were we always worked well together like you know if i figured something out on a track you know i'd be the first he'd be the first one i'd tell and and vice versa i um i know like obviously you said you're racing with your dad i've had plenty of uh, great arguments with my dad where on the way home he said we're going to sell up all the gear because we've had enough and your attitudes your attitude stinks have you have have you ever had any of those arguments with your dad Def- definitely in karting yeah i i've had i had some bad weekends in go-karting where he was ready to just sell everything yeah. and make me go be a construction worker or something but uh i think when i was driving for his team it was always pretty good um like i thankfully like knock on wood i didn't have that many bad moments in the team there was only like a little bit of crash damage over the years um which can make it awkward okay but uh i think you know He's honest, and he'll tell you what he thinks. He's the first one to tell you what he thinks. He's very emotional, so I can usually tell if I, I can approach him or not, or, or I need to like take it easy. So, it's uh, thankfully so far it's been good. Now, uh, obviously, a lot of the people who are following us know you from obviously your Rodney Sandstorm, your racing alter ego, mate. Where did that come from? What? Yeah, it's a weird one. I think uh, actually here's a uh, here's part of him right here. It's, uh, <laughs> Oh wait, there's a that. That's um, so good. No, we uh, we drove with him in 2017. He, he was our teammate for Daytona, and it all started because he uh, I was eating at a restaurant with him just randomly in Indianapolis, and just at a normal restaurant, like 10 people came up to him like to ask for autographs, pictures. Yes, and I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's so famous. It's unbelievable. Like I bet I could dress up as a fan, and, he, and he'd never know. So I grew a mustache and put a lot of effort into it, and he caught me within five seconds, so I kind of ruined the whole joke. But since then, people enjoy it, so I, I kind of keep doing it for fun. Like I said, uh, like I saw when you signed your, your shoe and all that sort of stuff and the dance moves that you've got going, and that Dale Jr.'s <laughs> been, uh, been, been talking about it. It's hilarious. I've seen some of your driveway karting battles. Um, how, oh, com- yeah. how competitive and how dangerous is it out there? Yeah, we haven't been back in a while. Um, it's thankfully a, a couple of like safe guys, I'd say. Um, they, they're all older guys, so they don't want to take too much risk. Yeah. One of the, the guy who owns the house takes the most risk, so whenever I'm there, I kind of let him lead the pack. Or I never want him behind me because I know if he's behind me, I'm going to get bumped off somewhere. <laughs> um, everyone kind of understands not to bump in certain areas where the trees are pretty big, so you don't want to hit them. Um, but thankfully like knock on wood again like no one's had anything too bad there's been like two flips i'm aware of um but the best for sure is when it rains because we don't have any rain tires and you just go out there on slicks and try figure it out but yeah that's definitely the best fun you can have it looks like it's awesome those onboard videos that you put up i just saw you recently did a drive with oliver askew at the ocala grand prix track how did that go he he, uh there's a whisper out there that he put you off the track he did actually. Yeah, we were. Uh, we. Uh, it was actually right at the beginning of the quarantine, so like we didn't shake hands or anything when we when we showed up. And uh, like I'm, I'm new to shifter kart racing. You know, I bought this kart, and my whole karting career was all you know single speed stuff. So 
I've been wanting to get out on track with someone like Oliver, who's obviously extremely good in carts and to learn from him. And he was definitely showing, showing me the way. And I think he was kind of playing around a little bit to make it easier on me. Yes. Um, but, but it was a lot of fun. I think, uh, we, we made some good videos out of it. Um, he did track me out once a little bit too hard. So maybe after quarantine, uh, I can give it back to him a little bit. And how physically demanding is a, say a shift to go-kart compared to the racing that you do at the moment? Oh, it's way more physical. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, like it, at Daytona this year in the Corvette, I think I probably did like a three hour stint and obviously it's mentally draining a little bit physical. Um, Daytona is not the most physical track, but you know, if you go to a place like Sebring where it's physical and bumpy and hot, um, it'll definitely work you, but the intensity of a shifter card is, I don't think you can really compare anything to it. Uh, maybe a Formula One car, I've never mm-hmm. driven one, but maybe the closest thing, just the sheer power and grip. Um, the power to weight, it's, you know, they're quick, they're fast. Yeah, it's crazy. And well, I did my first ever shifter car race at the Florida Winter Tour, yep. and I never felt like a, a track grip up like that. And I thought I was going to crack a rib just from driving around the corner. Like, I couldn't believe it was possible. What What are the G-forces um, like between, obviously, a prototype car and a shift or a, a, any go-kart? Uh, I mean, in the, in a prototype, you can feel it in your neck. Yes. Um, in a shifter car, you feel it in your whole body. Um, like in a in the, in the Cadillac prototype, you know, the seat's molded to your body. You know, you're designed not to move at all. Yep. So you can feel like your organs and stuff shifting around a little bit. Uh, the only thing you're acting to stabilize is really your neck. But in the go-kart, you know, you're using your core. You don't have seatbelts. Your legs are bouncing around. Um, so I feel like you get a much bigger core workout and shoulders and forearms, you know, in a shifter cart. So for me, it's great training. I'm actually going tomorrow karting again. Yeah, nice. Um, trying, to, trying to get in as much as I can, you know, in this weird off-season that we're having just to make sure I'm in good shape when we go back to racing. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, obviously, you're very successful in the American car racing scene. Is there any chance that we can see you competing in our supercars or at Bathurst for the 12 hour, for example? I wish I could come and do supercars. Like I would, that's probably my favorite series in the whole world. Um, and been a goal like my entire life. I remember driving, I can't remember what video game it was just back in the day and racing V supercars. And even to this day, like I love the raw nature of that sport where it's, you know, still sequential. Yes. You still have to right foot brake and use the clutch. Um, no drive rates like trash control. Um, so for me, like that's a beautiful machine that's just man and machine. Uh, whereas a lot of other sports now have uh, a lot of you know drivers, which I don't love. So I was able to go over and test um, the Red Bull car a couple years ago, and I, I absolutely loved it. So I would love to come do it. I know it's difficult for outsiders to kind of come into that world, um, especially if I'm not you know around Australia that much. But yep. If there's ever another opportunity, I'd, I'd definitely jump at it. Now, that's amazing. And now, we know you, how you grew the mullet out. Australian, and especially the supercar scene, is very well known for having a lot of mullets uh, in the crowd. So, I'm sure you, you put straight <laughs> in, like, you not even know you're from America, because like, all the Australians love their mullets. So, that would be a good laugh. I, I would bring it back in a heartbeat if I could come race there. <laughs> now, nah, awesome. We've got um, – we had a question come through. So, from the different categories that you've raced, does one stand out to be harder than the other? Like, obviously, prototypes more about the downforce and things like that. Yeah. Um, so does that make it easier to drive? Or uh, it's different. I think, uh, like, I I spent my early career in GT, and then my middle portion in prototypes. There's a lot of differences for sure. I think a lot of people don't see don't respect GT as much as they should. They see it as a secondary class, maybe not as fast and exciting. But yep. when I went back to GT this year at Daytona, it was eye opening of how different 
it was again. Like I, I was shocked of how hard you have to push. Um, in prototypes, like a Daytona, say, you know, it's 24 hours through the whole night. You can drive it 80% and be yep. fine. And, you know, if you see GT cars two seconds up the road, you know you're going to catch them. You can kind of lift off the throttle, coast in, take it easy, and then pass them coming out of the corner. And, you know, maybe you'll lose a little bit of time, but you can make it up in the next bit of traffic. And you can relax very easily doing that. And you're like, your body's much more relaxed. And then when I went to GT this year, Daytona, I was like, oh, okay, like, here comes a prototype. I'll lift a little bit, let them go. Yeah. And, like, I realized in my first stint, like, I'm just losing half a second when I lift, but there's no time to make it up in GT. Like, you have to be pushing at all times. Time, so right. it's a much different mentality. And by the end of Daytona, like, the mental side was way more draining than I remembered. So for me, jumping back to GT, it's been a, a bit more difficult. Yeah, awesome. We had a question saying here, do you miss the old Daytona, uh, Daytona prototypes or do you, do you enjoy the modern chassis? I, I miss I miss the old cars. I think it goes back to the loving the Australian supercars. Yeah, yeah the, the racing's closer. It's less downforce, you know, less driver aids, um, like high power spiral, low downforce. I like that style. Um, I mean, the new cars are extremely impressive. The uh, the Cadillac has crazy downforce. Like I remember at Coda when we first went there, I couldn't believe what downforce was when yeah. when they put max downforce on. So it's impressive. The racing's different. Um, but my personal opinion, I enjoy that old old school feel. Nah, awesome. Uh, do you have a favorite track? Is there one that stands out for you? Um, I'd say Road Atlanta is probably one of my favorites. Okay, it's um, high speed. You know, still old school. They haven't updated a bunch with runoff areas. So if you make a mistake, it's going to be a big one for sure there. Yeah. Um, Watkins Glen's really nice. And then like the classic ones like Daytona and T-Ring, I always enjoy going back to, yeah. Now it's time for The Punt, brought to you by 2-7 Design, your go-to for all motorsport-specific graphic design, specializing in creating a new and unique look for your race car or cart or both. We've got a segment called The Punt. So it's a one moment where you've just unloaded on someone. Um, it could be from your from your driveway karting days, but can you just recall <laughs> one moment from your karting, could be your brother, that you just unloaded on someone? Um, the clearest one I remember was, uh, <laughs> was at Indianapolis in Grand Dam. I was racing GT, and we were, I think, fourth or fifth, and... It was like 20 minutes to go, 30 minutes to go. So I was like getting into the heat of the race. And the guy, there was a guy, I'm not, his name was Rui Aguas. Okay. Um, I'm sure he'll remember. Really I'm, I'm sure he'll remember it. <laughs> yeah, probably. And he was like a lap down, but he's racing us, racing oh, the leaders. No. And I, it just was driving me insane. And he had huge top speed. So every time I get a run, like I'd get close and then he'd pull away in the straightaway. So I wouldn't be able to outbreak him. And one time I had this great exit onto the front straight in the turn one, big break zone, and I just go for it. <laughs> and I, I lock the rears, and I feel like, okay, like they're not going to unlock, yeah. and I'm going to spin. And I figure, like, if I'm going to spin, I'm taking this guy with me. So I took I took him with me, and uh, that was I was proud of that moment. Yeah, that, everyone's got a good punt story. It's, a, it's always fun to, to sort of relive those moments. I've got, a, I've got a motorsport quiz. It's not sort of designed for the American racing scene. It's got a whole vast um, range of questions. We'll just do it okay. and see how you go. So our first question is the youngest Formula One winner. Oh, uh, is it Verstappen? Yep. 
Good start. Yep. Now, I don't expect you to know this, but how many world karting championships has David Foray won? In kart racing, he's been around for about 40 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you just take a stab uh, in the dark. Yeah. Like 18? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's won four and he's won about three or four World Cups. So he's a, he's a okay. hero in the, in the kart racing scene. Which country is the karting track Sarno? So just try and think of the name and try and... Italy? Yep, Italy. It's good. Now, this one's a dead ringer for you. What racing number did Jeff Gordon make famous during his NASCAR career? 24. Exactly. Can't be that wrong. <laughs> when did the first Indy 500 take place? Oof. 19... 19- Oh, 06? 11. That's a good effort. Uh, Oliver and Will Power got that one. They're obviously indie background. Uh, Now, another one's going to be tough, but how many Bathurst 1000s did the King of the Mountain Peter Brock win? So he's a legend. Nine. You're close at this. That's close. Who is the only driver to win the Triple Crown in motorsport? So Le Mans 24 Hour, the Monaco Grand Prix, and uh, what's the other one? I can't think. Indy? Indy, that's right. Yeah, it just stumped me there. There's a Jim Park. Graham Hill. So, oh, Graham yeah, Hill. from that yeah. very close era. Same era. Which F1 team did Michael Schumacher debut for? Benetton? Jordan. I've Googled these questions. I'm Jordan? Not, yeah. I should have yeah. known that one. <laughs> and the, the, the last one is which racetrack has the famous corner Ascari? Ascari Chicane. Is that Imola? Uh, Monza. Monza. Yeah, okay. so we've ended Italy up, as well. I know we've ended up on three out of nine. Um, Oof, it's look, not we're good. not we're not last. There's an Australian supercar driver who's uh, who's on two, so we're not we're not holding <laughs> up the bottom. Perfect. Um, for, right. for the guys who are listening, how do they follow your progress? Uh, I mean, hopefully we'll be we'll be going back to racing soon. Uh, I drive for Corvette Racing this year in the new C8R. Um, so they've got their channels. My channels are all Jordan Ten Taylor. Awesome. Hey, look, thank you very much for giving up your time. All the best uh, with the upcoming races and obviously uh, Rodney Sandstorm. We uh, really appreciate having a chat. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Hey, mate. Thanks very much. Take it easy. See ya. Bye, bye. If you want to find me online, go to Facebook and type in Dave Serra or at Instagram, Serra Driver Development. And just a reminder, if you like this episode of Swapping Paint, be sure to click the subscribe button so you never miss another episode. Leave us a review or ask questions so we can ask our future guests. Big thanks to Tom Evans for his production work in putting these together.